Complaining, as Forrest said, definitely changes his mood from positive to negative. And I would 110% agree with him. I mean, it doesn't take very long to find negativity and complaining in our world right now, does it? I mean, if I'm honest, I'm starting to become angry with the complaining and the negativity that we so constantly see all the time. I mean, is there anyone else out there who is with me, right? Now, hear me out. I'm negative, um, and I'm a complainer. I'm guilty of this, especially in the year of 2020, because we have such an easy on-ramp into the world of complaining and negativity. Take the year 2020, for example. And I'm sure I don't have to go into detail. For the sake of our conversation, allow me to do just that. Think back with me, if you will. Where were you as you rung in the new year of 2020? If you can just think back for a moment, try to remember where you were. Well, here's where I was. I was in Atlanta, Georgia, with 65,000 other people in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And as you can see, the sign 2020 Hillsong Worship is leading us, and the sign 2020 and fireworks are flashing all around. This was my perspective. I took this photo with my cell phone. And this felt like the start to the best year ever. And then March 6th happened. And our governor announced that Indiana had its first COVID case. And I remember thinking, no, this isn't a big deal. I mean, this will be over before you know it. And boy, was I wrong. We're still in it, right? And it seems to be hitting us harder than it did before. People are losing their lives. I mean, people are dying alone. We entered a global recession. I mean, people lost their jobs. And on March 23rd of 2020, the governor ordered a stay-at-home order. And it feels like we're on the brink of another one. I just feel like there's a pattern, and it doesn't feel good to me. So I, I tend to think negative. Anxiety and depression, they, it skyrocketed across our globe, as if that isn't a pandemic in and of itself. All the parents who had to become teachers suddenly are now crying into their coffee cups because we're right back into this distance learning world. I mean, there is so much that 2020 has brought our way. I mean, there is a lot. I mean, we went from 2020 best year ever to right now on our couches in the middle of a pandemic in the blink of an eye. Nobody expected this. I mean, it was unprecedented times. And I would say that in the year 2020, negativity and complaining have robbed us of so much in our lives. And here's a question I want to ask you before we dive in. Is there anyone out there who is tired of complaining and negativity? Does anyone else want to reclaim a sense of positivity and optimism, especially as we approach 2021? Anyone else ready to take back your life and live life to the fullest? Check out what Proverbs 15.13 says with me. It says, A glad heart makes a happy face, but a broken heart crushes the spirit. And here's where I think we are this morning. There's an idea versus reality concept here. And I think the idea is a glad heart makes a happy face. And I think we'd all agree, man, that just sounds so good. It sounds amazing that a glad heart would put a smile and make a happy face, especially in the times that we're in. But our reality is this. A lot of us have a broken heart that crushes our spirit. 
And today we're going to talk about the value of gratitude. And right now, gratitude seems like a great idea, but it seems like a reality that is very, very far from our reach. But I believe that our hearts this morning can go from sad to glad as we journey to discover how to live in the overflow of gratitude. And gratitude, it's the cure to complaining and negativity. The cure to a bad heart. Did you know that gratitude actually has positive effects on our health? Check this out. And in our lives. Gratitude opens the door for more in-depth relationships. Gratitude can improve your physical health. Gratitude improves psychological health. Gratitude increases empathy and reduces aggression. Grateful people actually sleep better. And gratitude improves our self-esteem. I mean, it sounds so good. I mean, it sounds almost like this miracle drug. And does anyone out there want a little bit of this gratitude? I mean, are you feeling a little bit more critical than usual? Are you feeling a little bit more anxious and depressed? Are you feeling or sensing a lot of complaining coming across your lips or across your Facebook status? Gratitude is the solution. And here's what we're going to discover this morning. Gratitude is the key to a life well lived. And here's my encouragement for all of us today. My encouragement is that we would lean into this truth. My encouragement would be that we would take time to reflect. My encouragement would be that you would jump all in with me and let God transform your heart from the inside out. And today we're going to look at a passage in the book of Philippians that I believe will be so transformative for our lives together. And Paul is writing this letter from prison. And he's specifically writing to a group of Christians in the major Greek city at the time called Philippi. And he's in a situation where he's, he's locked in a prison cell. He's stuck there. I mean, he has an unsure future. He doesn't know what is to come his way. He's living in what he would probably consider unprecedented times. And is anyone starting to realize that you are actually relating to Paul? You don't know what's ahead in the future. You're in unprecedented times. You don't know what is to come. And so you can put yourself in Paul's shoes, or should I say Paul's sandals. I think we can relate just a little bit here. And in Philippians 4, Paul writes these words. He starts and he says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. I say it again. Anyone else remember when your parents would say something a second time? Like, it's like the first time it doesn't register or you just ignore it because you're a, a middle school kid just going about your day or your toddler, right? My dad used to say, I'm only going to say it one more time, and that is it. And immediately, I would tune in. The second time just carried a little bit more weight. And I was like, oh my goodness, there's going to be consequences here. And so what does Paul mean here when he says, rejoice? I mean, Paul is saying, again, I say it, rejoice. Check this out. Paul, uh, the Greek word for rejoice here is kario, which means to be glad, which makes sense, right? But if we look even deeper, we see the root word of, of kario is charis, which means grace. And grace here means receiving something that is totally undeserved. And Paul is painting a beautiful picture here that even in the midst of his circumstances of being in prison, his circumstances do not dictate 
his ability to rejoice. His heart dictates whether he can experience sincere rejoicing. Moving on to verse 5, he says, Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. And Paul is saying, listen, even in the midst of my circumstances, I'm sitting in prison, but Jesus, God is not dead. Jesus is not absent, even though I'm in prison. I think we can relate. Yeah, we're in a pandemic, right? But Paul would say, hey, Jesus is still alive. Yeah, students, kids, we're in distance learning. It stinks because you're not with your friends. Some of you love it. A lot of you don't. But it's okay because Jesus is alive. Yeah, our nation, it's divided politically. But Jesus is still in charge. And just like Paul said, Jesus is close. Our circumstances, they don't determine our heart of of rejoicing. Moving on, Paul says in verse 6, we're going to focus here, do not worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. What are you talking about, Paul? I don't think you had to live through a pandemic. Paul is saying not to be concerned or worried. And if we look a little deeper here, we see the Greek meaning for worry is to be pulled apart in many different directions. And maybe that is a reality for you this morning. You feel pulled apart from every angle of life. I mean, worry can rip us apart like a dog who rips that beloved roll of toilet paper that is so desired during a pandemic, which I still don't understand, but that's the case. That's where we are. Don't worry, Paul says. Don't be pulled apart from every direction in life. Easier said than done, right? But the truth nonetheless is Paul is saying, don't be pulled apart. Moving on. But, he says, instead, there's an alternative. Pray about everything. And this is a big part of Paul's belief system. Because in Romans 8, Paul talks about how God uses everything. And he turns it into good for those who decide to follow him and those who love him. He turns it into good according to his purposes. He works it all out. And it's the same principle here. Paul is saying, go to God with everything that you're worried about. And then he continues. He says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. We just wrapped up Thanksgiving. And I know for me and I know for a lot of you, Thanksgiving looked a little bit different this year. And it just kind of stunk, right? It just was not what we are used to. And I want to throw the Greek word for Thanksgiving here on the screen. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. So you don't have to try to at home. If you want to, you can, right? But here's what I want to highlight. In the middle of that word is that word charis. The word we just talked about. And that means grace. Remember, that means something that is totally undeserved. And in another way, Paul is saying to rejoice. He says, again, rejoice with a thankful heart. These feelings of negativity, these feelings of complaining, they come from a much deeper place than just our circumstances. They come from deep inside our hearts. And what he's saying is that we can either have a heart that is sad and crushed, or we can have a heart of gratitude, which gives Paul his perspective, his profound perspective, 
as he's sitting in a prison cell being locked up. Again, his circumstances do not dictate his ability to rejoice. His heart dictates his ability to rejoice. And our ability to rejoice doesn't come whenever all of the circumstances around us are the way that we would like. When 2020 is over and 2021 is the way that we would desire. No, our ability to rejoice comes from a much deeper place. Our ability to rejoice comes from knowing in our heart that we are being set free. That grace that Paul talks about, that charis, it's when we know that that grace covers us because Jesus loves us so much and he is the one that sets us free from the chains of sin and bondage and shame and anxiety and negativity and complaining. Our ability to, come, to rejoice comes when we realize what Jesus has done for us. Let us move on to verse 7. And here's what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you to close your eyes with me as I read this verse and just imagine. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything that we can ever understand. And as I close my eyes, I imagine with you peace. 2020 has been chaotic. We're approaching the Christmas season, which talks about the Prince of Peace. It's hard to be thankful because everything feels anything but peace. But I just want some of that peace, don't you? Your eyes are still closed. You can open them so you don't fall asleep on me. But Paul's definition is the exact opposite meaning of worry and anxiety. Instead of worry being pulled apart, as we mentioned before, Paul is saying you will experience God's peace, which is the exact opposite, which means being made whole. To be molded into the image of Jesus. Peace is what we feel in the middle of unprecedented situations. Peace is what holds everything together when life feels like a constant juggling act. And notice it says that the peace from God exceeds anything that we could ever understand. I mean, that sounds good to me. What else will God's peace do? Moving on as we get ready to wrap up, it says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I want to take a moment to camp out here why this concept of guarding our hearts is so important. Check out what Proverbs 4.23 says. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. How do we guard our hearts? By resting in this grace. By resting in this peace that Jesus offers us. It goes back to the source of our conversation today. And that's gratitude. Gratitude or rejoicing comes from a place of realizing that we have been set free. And out of the overflow of our hearts, we see that gratitude gratitude starts to pull apart negativity. Gratitude starts to pull apart uh, complaining. Gratitude starts to pull apart anxiety. We guard our heart because what we believe to be true in our minds rests in our hearts. And what rests in our hearts overflows and determines how we live our days. Do we choose to live a life of negativity and complaining? Or do we choose gratitude? Because gratitude ultimately is a choice. Or do we choose to live in the gratitude? Do we choose to live in grace and peace? Let's move on. 
real quick in verse, chapter 4, verse 8, it says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. That's a big list there. And so for you, it might be a little overwhelming. Think about all those things. Paul, what do you mean when you say that? Because what we think about determines how we live. And out of the overflow of our hearts determines everything that we do. Determines what comes across our lips. Determines what kind of post we make on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. This is the same idea that Paul communicates in Romans chapter 12 when he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Or in other words, do not conform to the pattern of negativity. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Is what you think about. So it rests in your heart. And what rests in your heart determines how we live. I saw another pastor perform uh, this illustration, but it is powerful. And this glass right here represents our hearts. And it's not the heart that's in our chest. It represents something much deeper. It represents your life, your desires, your passions, the things that you want to uh, accomplish. It represents something much bigger. The entire being of you is in this glass right here, right now. And so let's talk about you in 2019. Everything was going well. The best year of your life the best year of my life in light of 2020. Things are pretty good. Things look good, right? Uh, you're, you're screwed. This is the best year ever being led in worship by Hillsong. Um, but then in 2020, a pandemic hit. And worry rudely kicks in the door to your heart and takes over every piece of who you are. Maybe you're worrying about finances. Maybe you're worrying about, which is a rightful worry, the health of an elderly parent or grandparent. Maybe you're worrying about the mental health of your children and your family. And there is no doubt that our nation is divided politically. There's no doubt that our nation is walking through racial tension. And then there's this thing called the uh, murder hornets, right? I don't know how big of a deal those are, but just for fun. I mean, the best year ever. Maybe you're a small business owner and you've struggled, right? You see where I'm going with this. There are so many worries. I mean, everything was going so well. And then all of a sudden... Now you feel pulled apart in many different directions. And Paul's telling you, don't worry. And you're like, what the heck, Paul? Uh, that's, you're not living in the times that we're living in. It's difficult. It's hard. But Paul is showing us a better way through Christ. That our circumstances don't have to determine our ability to have a heart of peace. To have a heart of sincere rejoicing. And Paul says, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will cover your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Remember the value of gratitude? That value can be used to guard our hearts. And this is a big old picture of gratitude. And remember, Paul said to think about whatever is true. 
whatever is honorable, whatever is sincere, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, think about these things because they are worthy of praise and they ought to be thought about. And you're thinking, well, Chris, uh, easier said than done, but this, this water really isn't changing color much right now. But I want to encourage you that gratitude doesn't happen overnight. Gratitude is a constant grind. It's a getting up every day and thinking about whatever is honorable, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is lovely. And we think about such things because the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and will guard your minds because of Jesus and what He has done. And over time, you start to realize that gratitude totally rips apart the enemy who is so rudely moved into your heart. And when we think about these things, when we think about peace, when we think about gratitude, when we live in that, then the enemy will be evicted. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding and gratitude, will move into our hearts and we will experience peace. Let's pray. God, thank You so much for today. Um, thank You so much for everyone who is watching um, this morning from their couch or from wherever they are. Um, and God, I pray that together we would learn what it looks like to choose gratitude. Because 2020 gives us such a good uh, example, such a good example or such a good excuse to live and worry to live in complaining, to live in negativity. God, this morning I want to pray over the households who are watching and that those of us who are really desirable, that we would take back our lives and that we would live them in Your will and that Your peace, which transcends all understanding, will cover our hearts and will cover our minds because what we think, Jesus, rests in our hearts. Will you come and move into our hearts so that we would live a life that is honorable to you? We pray all these things in your name. Amen.